0: Hey everyone, Matthew Bivens here and before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a free new tool that I've created to help you experience more abundance and love in your life. The tool is called the Abundance Benchmark and you can get it again for free right now, right this second at MatthewBivens.com. Now, the Abundance Benchmark is all about feedback It's going to give you powerful insights into how you're showing up in six key areas of your life. Faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. Now here's the heavy part. Neglecting any one of those areas or doing the opposite and overextending yourself in any one of those areas leads to feelings of being incomplete, unfulfilled, overwhelmed, out of touch, and just a general Feeling of lacking or depression, and none of those feelings jive with creating the life that you were meant to live. So grab the tool. Use it. Again, it's 100% free, and you will get some feedback on how you're showing up in life along with actionable advice, action steps on how you can improve your weak areas. So head over to my website. Again, that's www.matthewbivins.com and get your Abundance Benchmark today. Welcome to Having It All. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I bring you conversations and insights that explore the question, what does having it all mean to you? My goal is to leave you with stories you can relate to and messages you can take action on so that you can create an abundant, loving life. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, let's jump right into this episode. My guest today is Trip Lanier. Trip is the host of the podcast, The New Man Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. And I just freaking love that title so much. On his show, Trip talks about the male experience in today's world. Trip is also a coach where he helps smart, forward thinking people do three things, create amazing relationships, focus on what matters, and do what makes a difference. When he's not interviewing, inspiring people, or coaching his clients, Trip can be found hanging out with his wife and daughter, surfing, making music, and simply enjoying life. Trip, I love everything about what I just read about you, and uh, I want to welcome you to the show today.
1: Thanks, Matthew. I'm glad to take a break. I was in a. Uh in the process of a bunch of Monday morning monotony. So I'm glad mm. glad we get to have this conversation.
0: Very cool. Well, this next, uh, this first question will actually be um, a very relevant one then. How are you being today?
1: How am I being? I'm having fun now. I, I enjoy this part. This is good. I just, I was on the phone with like some uh airline stuff <laughs> like right before we called and I was like this sucks this isn't fun <laughs> so my being this was pretty frustrated at that time so I'm I'm really happy to be having this conversation though.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's honest, right? I mean sometimes they do stuff that just isn't fun. <laughs> but um yeah so thank you trip for for hanging out with me today. Um I'm excited for our conversation and um really I'm fascinated by your story and your journey. Because the chapters of your life, um, at least from my viewpoint, as I understand them, are so very distinct. Um, I think they are marked by something very profound, and they are, are inspiring. So, just to kick this thing off, can you start by sharing your story with us?
1: Well, where do you want to dive in? There's a there's a lot of stuff here, so get specific.
0: All right. Well, um, how 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 detailed are you willing to go?
1: let's go let's yeah do it. let's
0: go cool so i downloaded your ebook earlier today and mm-hmm. in your ebook you share about a family tragedy that happened in your life when you were about 13 and how okay. that you carried some of that weight with you so let's start around there around that that point in time and you know talk to me about how you were experiencing life after that tragedy and we'll just move from there
1: yeah, so you're you're speaking about my mother took her own life when I was 13, but I don't you know, the it didn't impact, well, it didn't it didn't really rear its head. That that event and that loss didn't really rear its head until I was well into my 20s. Mm. And um I just realized that I that I was basically emotionally constipated I was feeling, uh, I wasn't very open to new ideas. I, you know, if I look back on it, I wasn't very curious about the world. I wasn't very open to how other people did other things. I just was in this, like, this is how it's done and this is how it is. And, And I noticed, I started noticing that my life was feeling smaller and smaller. And I think I felt like an old man. In a certain way, I felt like an old man in a certain part of my 20s uh, that I didn't – I was like, wait, wait a second. I thought I'd want to have more of an adventure. I'd want to try more things. But in reality, I was just trying to control uh, – I was a, a very scared. And I think a lot of it was just because I was scared of my own emotional world. I didn't know what it you – know, I couldn't understand the feelings that I was having. I was working really hard to push things down. And, um, and so my life was, was consequently really, really small. Mm.
0: And so I, I remember reading in, in your ebook, you talk about um, the mindset and how there's something like the mindset that we adopt is so powerful. It's so important in how we end up viewing life and experiencing life, and how many of us are never taught about that concept of mindset. So when you talk about playing small, when was it that you shifted from playing small and having that particular mindset that was just keeping you limited? to one that opened your eyes a little bit more and opened up your awareness a little bit more?
1: Well, the thing about growth and transformation is that a lot of times if, if you don't heed the call, you know, if you don't, you know, our, our personal nature, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing within us that's like, that's pushing us. It's, it's saying, come on, grow, grow, expand and grow. Try this, try that. And if we ignore that, um, oftentimes... Um, something else comes along to help us along. You know, there's a swift kick in the ass from the world that that comes along. And, and I was ignoring that call to grow. I was ignoring that call to own my, my experience. Um, and so I went through a, a, what seemed like kind of a pretty small deal, a breakup at the time, but it just pulled the rug out from under me. My whole life triggered all this stuff that I never dealt with earlier. And, it was through that process that I just went down this hole and, and finally had, you know, finally felt all the things that I've been trying to push away. Um, so it wasn't like I went out and grabbed all these books and said, you know what? I'm going to grow. I'm going to do this. It was, (laughs) it was a sucker punch. (laughs) And, and it wasn't even at that time. I didn't see it as growth. It was like, this just sucks. And I want to make sure I don't have to feel this. I was still fighting. It was like, this is just, this is not fun at all. And, I'm always amazed when people kind of glamorize the transformational process because it can be really painful and really scary if you don't have a context for it, if you don't understand what's going on. It's a, it's a, it's really hard. Um, so I, you know, it wasn't until I got kind of got back on my feet that I could look back and say, well, what the hell was that? You know, what, what caused me to just basically go within? And I, I didn't, like I lost like 30 pounds and I wasn't like, oh, I think I'll lose a few pounds. Like I couldn't eat. <laughs> I was so depressed and, and not even – I wasn't depressed anymore. I was actually uh, actually just crying a lot, like just really sad and uncontrollable. I felt like I couldn't go out in public. I'd be driving down the road, start crying to go to the grocery store and it just – something would hit me and I was like, my God. And I was like this kind of posturing tough guy. Mm. And so to, to 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 be on the other side of this and be like, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. There's something really – off and and I and I had professional help at the time, and it was great to help help me understand what was happening in my life. But um, it wasn't until I got on the other side of that a bit where it was like, well, what the hell was that? What what just happened? And I think on on an, on one level, I wanted to understand it because now I was curious. But on another level, I was like, I want to make sure that never happens again because that sucked so bad. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Now, how old were you when that when you went through that?
1: I think I was around twenty six or twenty seven. And, uh, it was in that year. I i I didn't date for a year. I didn't, and that was really powerful for me just to, I think I was a person that couldn't be alone. And so I, I would actually choose to be around people that just didn't really serve me. Um, some of my friendships just weren't that powerful and weren't, uh, really serving me. So I would, I would choose certain things in order to avoid, uh, my own discomfort being with myself. And, and I, I you know, it's, it's an easy thing to do when we're in our twenties. We're all, we, we can get really kind of like attached to our community and who and we define ourselves through our community. But um, I was going through that year and, and just choosing to be alone and not being afraid to be alone gave me a lot of
0: confidence. And what did the rest of your life look like? So you were experiencing this, this emotional, this mental sort of um, confrontation with the things that you hadn't faced in your life when you were a young teenager. So you were dealing with those things on that level. But what was the other parts of your life looking like like what was your career looking like what was the you know the job that you were in? what did those things look like
1: i was I was really fortunate that my i had a i had a small business at that time I was in uh, video production and I was very fortunate that that was running well and and it was also one of the it was a, you know during the kind of the 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 lowest part of whatever I was going through, I had, I had the most money I'd ever had in my life. And, and it was sitting in a bank account and I realized that no amount of money that I had was going to make the feelings that I had go away. And that was a really profound, um, lesson too. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm feeling this way because of my job or I'm feeling this way because I don't have enough money. I'm feeling this way. It was, it was really powerful. To be like, okay, this is interesting. Um, I've got all this money sitting in a bank right now that I've worked and I've made happen and it's not going to make this go away. I've just got to do this work. I've got to go through it. I got to allow myself to heal. So I'm really glad that I had that experience early on because unless we've had that, it's really easy to just look around and be like, well, of course I feel like shit. I don't have this house or I don't have a, this money or this status or whatever. We, we yeah. place, we place our experience on the other end of having something.
0: Absolutely. I think a lot of us uh, can relate to that. I mean, that, that comes up all the time that it's, you know, your happiness isn't contingent upon what you have but while you were going you know in your your mid-20s were you chasing after those things were you you know really focused on creating a business that was thriving were you focused on you know having the the garage full of nice cars and having the nice house was that sort of what you had your sights on
1: that wasn't so much it. I, I, had, I was more focused on freedom. I was more focused on lifestyle. Mm. You know, it was, it was years before Tim Ferriss wrote The 4-Hour work week, but I was more focused on, okay, how, how do I design something so I don't have to work a lot? How do I design something so that I can go surf or I can go play music? Um, and I always just looked at it like, well, how much money do I need? I was broke all during college, so you know, I don't need a whole lot to, to do this and to be happy. And, um, and so I, I, didn't, I didn't really go after, okay, let's go make a ton of money. That wasn't it. I, I, and I made good money, but it, that, that wasn't really it. For me, it was creating time, creating freedom of, uh, to, to spend the time that I, the way that I wanted. That was far more attractive and still is to this day.
0: What I find so fascinating about that part of your story is that, you know, you just said that you weren't chasing the, the big the big career, the big fancy job, which I think a lot of people are. I mean, I think there's people out there that totally understand what it's like to be very career focused. But for you, you were going after the freedom. You were going after the lifestyle. And um, some of the things that came along with that were the job that the business that were thriving uh, was the money in the bank. But still, you had those things, you experienced that, and there was still something missing. There was still something that wasn't that wasn't settled
1: Right. You know, after that, after that period of, of where I finally allowed myself to grieve and go through all that stuff, there was more of my life was coming into alignment. I suddenly knew what it felt like for things to be out of alignment. Most of us are, you know, there's most of us are walking around and we're really far out of alignment. And it's just like, this is just how it feels. But once, once I got a taste of, oh, this feels much better when I align my values with how I'm working, this feels a lot better when I align my values with the people I spend my time with and and how I spend my time. That feels better and better. I felt more of a sense of wholeness. Now, I didn't know what to call it at the time, but it just felt right. You mm. know, as a musician, it feels, we, we don't, you don't have to be a musician to tell that a guitar is out of tune. It just sounds like shit. Yeah. And, um, but you know, you play a couple of strings and they're out of tune each other. You just, ah, uh, but you know you tune them up it's like "Oh that, that's much better." Well, why not tune all the rest of these strings?" And so that's where I started to realize that um, I had some more tuning to do. I wanted to experience more of that uh, for, you know it's kind of hokey, but harmony, that, 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 that sense that everything was aligned up and, and working together, that the wind was at my back instead of feeling like I was struggling against
0: it. Now, I imagine that with the, the people that you coach, you know, you just mentioned people walk around being out of alignment or so far out of alignment that it may almost feel normal or they may not know what it feels like to be in alignment. So, like what's one of the first things this is me asking a question because I'm curious. What's one of the first things that you you do or talk to um, talk about with the people who are just so freaking far out of alignment that making any inch of progress in the opposite direction is progress for them like how do you how do you get them to get that first little movement
1: i you know my job is not to get them into that first little movement a lot of you know i don't i don't know if anybody's really coachable until they've had some kind of event that jars them into a place where they say you know what Th- i'm done with this mm. so there's it's not my job to get them to that place they it's you know they may say hey i want to i want to shift things but they're not really ready they may say "I want to do this," or something's not right, but you know it, it's it's getting it, it's not my job to get them to that place now it is it is my job to help them figure out what they truly want, and so that can be very powerful for some people when they just give themselves permission and freedom to say, "I may not know how this will happen and I may not um this if, even if I were to just own what I want it might be it might be confronting to what my life looks like now but I just give them a safe space to just own what is it that you want if you had no idea how it would how it would turn out or how, how you could do it or if you knew everything was going to turn out okay what's the life you'd want to have there and and that joy, usually there's a joy and a relief that comes from that place. And then there's usually a contraction too. It's like, oh, but oh my God, I can't possibly do that. Mm. I talk about that in the ebook, right? It's 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 one thing to say, yeah, this is what I want. I have this clarity. And then there's another to say, Oh my gosh, but could I could I actually really go out and, and make that happen? And some of us might spend years of our life having that clarity of what we want, but never going for
0: it. Mm, never actually jumping into that.
1: Yeah, but to answer your question, I think it's just this felt sense. Where do I feel most alive? Where do I feel most free? Where do I feel um a guy may not say this use this language, but like where do, where's my heart most open? Where do I just feel like it's just easy for me to be there? Um and when they get a taste of that, then their struggle starts to stand out more and more.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I like how you just said a guy may not use this language and you talked about heart because in one of the very first Podcast episodes of yours that I listened to, it was about mission and purpose. And by the way, I'm going to link to that in the show notes because um, I think it's a fantastic conversation that you have with one of your clients. And you talk about love in that. And I appreciated that because I think uh, just being a man, love and heart and feelings, things like that, are not topics of conversation typically amongst men. And they're not things that I ever remember personally being taught to acknowledge. So is that something I have to imagine it is that comes up with your clients a lot, the people you coach, just acknowledging their heart and acknowledging that they are people who at the core just want to experience love in life?
1: Yeah, it's always fun to just allow, like to coach them through the process where they arrive there. mm instead of pressing it on them like you realize that your whole the whole reason why you're on this planet is to love and live fully like they're like fuck you I'm supposed to make a lot of money and I'm supposed to be somebody important and I'm supposed to be better than those jackasses in high school like you know that's that's what they think their purpose is but it's always great that when they arrive at that place on their own and just say you know I just want to I just feel like I'm here to live with self-acceptance and to and to love myself fully and love others fully well isn't that cool Nice. Mm. Right on. Mm. Uh, it's a lot easier when they when they arrive there for themselves. And it's a lot more powerful when they do yeah. uh, that they, when they realize that that's what they're really here to do. And, and then the rest of the stuff, they can just get out of the
0: way. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about, you know, that being the thing that, that we're really here to do, um, because that was an eye opening thing that I heard in the podcast episode of yours that I listened to.
1: Well, I think it, it, if if we act like it's not there, I think we're we're kidding ourselves. There's this game we're playing. And and our it, and it's really just more of our culture. Our culture is really designed like how much can you make and how much can you do and how much can you achieve? Like just look at the commercials on TV. Look at yeah. and I don't, I'm not bad mouthing it. It's just like that's that's this game. And I think if you lose sight of the game or you you attach your sense of well-being or you attach your self-worth to the game, then it's going to be really rough. It's it's like, you know, Sunday or, you know, whatever watching your team and whatever your team does defines how you are for the week. Like you're really screwed mm. if that's the way you're living your life. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, it's fun to go make money, and it's fun to go do things that are exciting and to create things out in the world. I I have fun with that stuff. And I think but I think the bigger challenge is recognizing that there's a whole other level, there's a whole foundational other level that of why we're here and what we're really here to experience. And, and if that gets eclipsed by the game, then I think that's when we make ourselves sick. Like we, we, we don't feel good in the world that the victories we experience are hollow. Um, but when, when we're connected to that, that foundation, that sense of I'm here to love and I'm here to be loved and I'm here to experience great joy with other people and in and, and my life, then the game becomes a, a way to serve that. But it's not a, a means to replace that. Most of us are say, well, once I play the game really well, it's going to mean that I get this, this love and this acceptance that I'm seeking. That's a, those guys are, that's the you know, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for most of the guys. That's why guys are contacting me to help them out.
0: Mm, yeah. yeah
1: well, and they usually have to go do it for a while. You got to go win. You got to go make a few wins and go, wait a second, this isn't working. And I see the guy 20 years ahead of me. He's not happy. Yeah. Shit what do I do now? And that's, that's, that's the big question. What do I do now? What now?
0: I mean, I I know I'm that type of guy who, when my parents told me don't touch the oven, because it's hot, I had to touch it. You know, I just had to experience it. So I can totally relate with, (laughs) you know, needing to go out there and experience those things truly for yourself to say, ah, okay, now I know what, you know, so-and-so is talking about. Um, I'm ready to learn how to, how to experience things a little bit differently.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I think it's fun. I, I think it's part of it. But, I, you know, what I notice is there's a lot of there, there, the savviness of the younger generations to look ahead and say, all right, I don't just have to, like the generations before, just plod along behind them. There's some things that aren't working. There's a lot of really miserable people here. Um, and they're doing things, quote, unquote, the right way, right? They're checking the boxes and they're still on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications. So what the hell's going on here? Why I want to course correct here. I want to find a different way. And and I think that's really savvy. I think it's really smart. Um, and it's great to just be able to recognize that you have a choice.
0: Mm. Let's talk real quick about your podcast. Um, and I want to begin with the name of your podcast. It's The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk, and the New Age Wimp. And in the title of your podcast, you really set the stage for a new podcast paradigm of what it means to be a man today so what exactly is beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp
1: that's been the whole point of the conversation that set the banks of the river there that we were going to explore what was beyond that that you know a lot of us were tired of the, I, I, had been, I'd been both of those things and nobody want nobody wants to be the, the macho jerk or the new age wimp, right? Nobody, nobody's like, Hey, wait a second. I'm a card carrying new age wimp here, you know, back <laughs> off. This is the way to go. Yeah. Um, but I'd also, I'd been that guy, you know, when I was living my life and trying to control and, and manage everything, I was this tough guy and, um, you know, this macho kind of jerk in that way. And, and, um, and that wasn't satisfactory to me and then i even went through a period of like totally losing my balls and as i you know learned all about this new age spirituality stuff and that didn't work i was like this sucks too mm. so it was that personal thing of like well wait a second what, what what's beyond here how do, how do i how do i have a how do i have my brains you know use my own sensibility um, how do i have some balls too and some spine but also have a heart how do i also care and i think that's the hardest part we're really good at being powerful um, but at the same time, it's really challenging to bring some heart into that. Um, and, and for a lot of guys, it's, it's a real challenge, just even in terms of sex to, to integrate their heart into their sexuality, you know, from a very early age, they were masturbating and, and, and basically just wiring their fantasies to their dick, you know? So mm-hmm. it was this really hard thing. <laughs> well, no pun intended, but it was really, really challenging for them to say, oh, well, if I really love somebody, I can also be sexually aroused. Um and so you know it was just it, it's just it, it, to be a, into that conversation and explore it because there weren't there weren't really any archetypes for that um there were plenty of examples for either or um and so it was just about having fun let's go see
0: Ah, that's yeah, that's powerful i mean i I'll, I'll i'll be honest i'll be transparent here I was definitely the the guy who um grew up watching porn on the internet, and so many now as i'm as I'm older in life and as i've become more aware of things. I realized how how that wired me and and helped create these scripts for how I viewed sex, how I viewed relationships, how I viewed women, how I viewed my role, and all of it and it's just been a fascinating journey for me and a process for me to to really undo some of some of that wiring and recode some of those beliefs,
1: yeah, yeah, and you're doing it, Got it. Got it.
0: <laughs> oh well i I think that's why i i um I really enjoy your podcast and love just the title of it because, um, we all have parts of us that I think come out as the macho jerk and there are other parts of us that can relate with the new age wimp, but you know, there really is something beyond that. And I think that's important that um, you're exploring that and you're, you're having conversations around that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Powerful. Um, so, I'd like to read some, some things from your articles and from your ebook, and and um, just have you riff on them for me because I think they're pretty powerful lines that you wrote. And uh, yeah, I'd just love to get your thoughts on them. How's that okay. sound? Sure. Cool. Uh, the first one is, if you don't like your options in life, chances are you're ordering from the menu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what does that mean to you?
1: Uh, it means that you're that you're only considering that uh, that this is what's available. I I only see options A, B, or C, and I don't like any of those. And I'm trying to figure out which what how to justify A, B, or C. And and most of the time, she's like, well, what do you really want? It's probably not on the menu, but it doesn't mean you can't have it. Mm. So uh, a lot of us get into that mindset. We look around, and well, this is what we're supposed to do, and I should do this, and I'm supposed to do that, and this is what would have me be accepted, or you know, this is the, this is the path we're all seeking certainty. Oh, well, if I get this degree and then I get that job, then I'll have this money. Okay, cool. I don't really want to do that, but that's, that's choice A. Um, and I think the hardest part for us is to say, let me go within, let me ask what, what would really excite me? What would be inspiring for me? And it might not be on the menu, but most of the time it, It won't take as much. It won't be that much harder to create the thing that you really want than it is to to stuff it and act like you're happy with choice A, B, or C. If if none of those are what you want, Mm,
0: absolutely. Uh, The second one I have is everything we want is on the other side of our comfort zone. That means if we're going to grow, then we're going to be inviting tension into our lives.
1: Yeah, most of the time we're wanting to escape tension. It's amazing how many people contact me and, and they're, they're, they're saying, what do I say so my wife doesn't get upset? What do I say so my girlfriend doesn't get upset? What do I say so my boss doesn't get upset? They're trying to avoid confrontation. They're trying to avoid challenge and, and discomfort. And so I just say, look, you know, if you're going to walk this path, then it, you're going to deal with it a lot. doesn't mean it's always going to be hard. You just get better at dealing with it. But you know, one path is aversion. How do I get away from these things? How do I avoid the things that I'm uncomfortable doing? And the other is I go for what I want and I expect that there will be some things along the way.
0: Mm. Those are two very different mindsets. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, Well, the third one I have is actually about mindset and it is feeling stuck or that something is missing in our lives is directly tied to our mindset and our ability to navigate relationship challenges.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All of the things that I just mentioned were reflective of the mindset. Um, everything that I just mentioned was our ability to have difficult conversations. You know, to, And so a lot of us are, are in a fixed place. A lot of us are, are in a place that says, well, this is what I have and I don't see what I could have or I don't see what's possible, so I'm just going to hold on and I'm going to protect what I have. It's a fixed mentality. We don't see that, well, I'm going to take a step towards what it is that I really want and I'll figure it out what I need to. I can learn things as i as I go. I can grow as I move forward. Um, we don't see ourselves in that way, so that's a pretty old way of looking at things, but it's just that the flipping it from a fixed mindset into a growth mindset and then the other part of it is believing you know just getting out of this place that my relationship can withstand conflict my my relationship can withstand tension. Most of us are doing whatever we can to avoid conflict or just like yeah whatever you, you know anything you want but we're not speaking up for what we want and so it's it's flipping that idea of say well am I going to just avoid you know challenges in my relationship or is my relationship going to be based on truth what I want what she wants or you know if it's a partnership you know it works like look you can count on me I'm going to speak up for what I want and, and we have an agreement that you are too so I've found that if we're willing to get out of that place and we're willing to see ourselves that our, the future version of me is going to be more resourceful, he's going to have more experience and he's going to be able to grow and that my relationships can withstand, they're strong enough to go through conflicts or challenges, then, man, doors open up.
0: Mm, absolutely. I think a big part of that also is, you know, you can have those conversations if you are clear about what you want and if you're clear about what you value in life and what your priorities are. Because otherwise... You know, it's difficult to have those conversations when you're unclear.
1: Well, I, I think just even being willing, like in terms of the relationship piece, I think it's great to just say, I don't know, but mm. something's off. And I think a lot of us are, can get into a trap when we say, well, I need to be absolutely clear. I need to have everything all laid out and certain before I name just what's going on. Hey, something's off. I want to talk to you about it. I just want to name it. I don't have a request today, but I'm feeling like something off. What about you? Are you feeling something off too? How's this going? And just being willing to acknowledge what's in the room, what's actually happening instead of, oh, I'm just going to act like everything's okay because I don't
0: want to rock the boat. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I think we can all, uh, we can all relate to that. I know I, I had a lot of relationships where I definitely did not share it because I didn't want to rock the boat and because also I was um, afraid of being transparent and opening it up. Yeah. There it is. Right. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I deal with this too. Well, let's, um, let's switch gears and let's talk about challenges right now. Um, and a huge part of your work is just helping people overcome their challenges. And I know that in order to be able to do that, to be able to do it authentically and completely, you have, have to have gone through some challenges yourself. So I want to talk now about epic challenges. Now, these are, these are things in your life that you've just been bumping your head against, You've had a frustrating time trying to figure out how to navigate around them. And you know that at the other end of this epic challenge is that growth, is that healing that you know you personally have experienced and, and know is a part of the journey that you want to take. So Trip, for you, um, what is a current epic challenge that you're working on?
1: Well, let me back up because another epic challenge, one that I feel like I'm transitioning out of was... Um, can I really order off the menu? Can I really order away from the menu? Go talk to the chef and say, Hey, you know what? I want to create a career that I've never seen anybody else have where I coach and, and have a podcast like that. That's, that's much more commonplace now, but eight years ago, that was insane. There weren't, mm-hmm. you know, podcasts were brand new and, and people were trying to figure all this stuff out. And, and so at that time was this thing of like, that's insane. I'm trying to start a family. I'm trying to, you know, bring some stability and and a foundation of, of, of certainty into, into our lives. And yet I'm going to go down this path for a career. Are you freaking kidding me? And that seemed impossible. That There were times where I was just like, I'm insane for trying to do this. This is just so stupid. Um, and I kept at it. And so on the, on now that I'm, moved beyond that and we've got some altitude and all that's going fine and and well it, it's just expanding on that there's a part of me i notice now that it's like well like, can i can't let go i can i don't know if i can let go of that to expand into the next phase that i want to uh, be in you know getting out from i think it's um hiding behind the podcast or hiding behind this role of being the interviewer guy um the guy who says you know what i'm going to go bring you what these other people have to say and 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 i'm going to express my own voice so Mm. you've brought in, it's been great. It's, you've you brought in things that I've said instead of what my guests have said. That's been more of the challenge of late is to just give myself permission and encourage myself and get coaching. on. This is why I have a coach. This is why I surround myself with great coaches is to, is to say, Trip, quit hiding. You know, step into this. You have a voice. You have so much to share. Um, people want to hear from you. And the people that want to hear from you are the ones that, that resonate with you and the ones that you're going to be able to serve most. So that's been, that's been the epic challenge of late. Is just stepping more into my own voice and, and owning it.
0: And it sounds like you've you've surrounded yourself with coaches who've helped you to, you know, step into it as well as the support group. Are there any other things that you're that you're doing intentionally to help you to move through this challenge?
1: Oh, I don't I think it's just embracing that desire uh, and 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 remembering. I think I think um it's so easy when we face a challenge to forget the challenges we've already gone through mm. and, and to remind ourselves it's just so easy like with whatever the challenge that's in front of us to be like, oh, man, this is the big one, though. This is the one that's just going to squash me and I don't think I can do it. It's like, oh, well, wait a second. Let's, let's look back. Let's look at all the things that I've been through before that I didn't think I could do and look at how it turned out. Even if it didn't go that well, I, I still came out the other side okay enough to be in this position. So for me, it's just reminding myself it was helpful to go back and write that, that book and, and to see some of the challenges that I had in my life, and they seem to pale in comparison. I mean, th- what I'm up against now pales in comparison to the, some of the things that I've been through in my past, but it's just so easy to forget about and, and file it away and be like, well, that's the past. But I can't, we can't live in the past, but it's great to just remind ourselves and to, and to live in the story of, like, I'm someone that overcomes my challenges. I know how to do this, and if I don't know how to do it, I know how to get help to do this. And I just find that far more empowering. So that's a big thing. I could get tripped up and want to get stuck and just stay there and, and wait for certainty or wait for the right thing to come along or the sure thing to come along. But it's just it's great to remind myself, like, okay, I've gone through some difficult things. And I think for anybody that's out there, if you're listening to this and you're, like, you've been through something difficult, you've faced it, build on that. Build on that as part of the story and, and grow that.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. So just to do a real quick recap on that, because I think that was powerful what you said. Um, you've sought out coaching so you yourself are a coach but you recognize the power of coaches so you have a coach Um, you also have a community of people that support you in your greatness Um, you remind yourself that you've gone through challenges before and no matter how huge they seemed you always came out on the other end otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here right now and you've just embraced that that desire that thing that's lit you up and just trusted, you know, I, I, I intuited that you trusted in what you were creating and trusted yourself to be able to move through it all.
1: Yeah, I think our brains are wired like cable news. You ever think <laughs> you're going to turn on the cable news, like it, regardless of what it is, like they're not going to be like, well, we don't have any story. Like it's we're all good now. It's like, no, there's always a lead story. There's always some drama that goes right in that front spot, kicking off the hour now and so, mm. and, so and so and 18 million. You know, it's like and it's always the worst freaking thing. Right. And and I think our brains are wired like that to seek like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm in real time. And here's the big story in my life. And we're, we're, we're waiting to get to this place where there's no more story where we're done. We're exonerated. And I think that you know this idea of having it all can be a trap in that way. Like one day, once I have it all, I'll be good. I'll mm. be done. But it's on the other end of this thing. It's out there. And I think if you just recognize, there's always going to be some a series of challenges in our lives. So how do we respond? Do you inspire, inspire uh, respond in, in an empowered way and say, "Okay, I've been through this before. I've been through versions of this, and and I can do this. This is this is part of of life. Um, it does. It's not a resignation. Like oh, hum." But I just hate to see people say, you know what, I'm, I'll, one day I'll be done with all this stuff. Well, you will when you're dead. Mm, yeah. But I, I, that part, um, waiting, waiting to live your life, waiting to love fully, waiting to, to give your gifts, waiting to do the things you love to do, um, you know, once you've got all these challenges taken care of, that's, that's the trap. We don't want to avoid that.
0: Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned having it all in that. Um, so what, is, what does having it all mean to you?
1: I don't know. I, that, that's such an interesting phrase. You know, when you sent me your your email, and I was like, "Man, I just haven't heard that." I remember Thirty Rock, the the TV show, <laughs> and was, like Tina Fey was trying to have it all. You know, when I try to have it all, when I look at it from that that perspective, there's a sense that there isn't all. Like there is a win. It's a real achiever mindset. Um, and you know, when you and I started talking today, I like that you were that you just equated it more to a a, a certain kind of mindset or approach to life. So I, I'm more along with more aligned with that, that what is it that I'm doing to feel more free? What am I doing to create more love in, in my life? What am I doing to, to, to has me feel lit up and alive? Um, and what gives me great peace? And, and, and it's not about how much can I do. In fact, I, I found it more, more challenging to just say no, just say no more to create that space and to give myself that freedom instead of, okay, how much more can I take on? Because once I have this all All these balls up in there, I'll be happier. That's, that's a nightmare for me Mm. trying to juggle too much. So
0: simplicity. Absolutely. That's beautiful. That's awesome. So trip, as we come to a close here, um, I'm, I'm curious, what is something profound about yourself? Um, you've, you've, I know you've learned a ton of things, but what's, what's something that stands out that you've learned about yourself along your journey that you didn't know before? Huh. I think that I'm only
1: limited by my imagination. I think that's the, that the only limitations that, that I have are, are just like mindset related. If I really want to create something, it, it just comes down to the only thing that's in the way is how I'm viewing my world and how I'm viewing my life. And so anytime I feel frustrated or struck, that's been profound as I recognize, okay, this is only in my head. This is only in my head. If there's something I can create the resources, I'll figure out how to, how to make this work. I'll you know, knock on the doors if I need to meet the right people. Like there, that's, that's been the most profound thing, I, I believe, is just realizing I'm the, the biggest thing that gets in my own way, which means on the flip side, I'm the most powerful thing in my life.
0: Mm, powerful. That's, that's one of my favorite words. Powerful. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, trip, thank you so much, man. Um, before we wrap everything up, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that you'd like to, to inform our listeners about promote anything like that?
1: I think the, the the podcast is a great place to start. Um, you can find the podcast, the new man on iTunes. You can find it on YouTube as well. We've got some episodes on there. Uh, dive in there. If you want to read the book that, that, uh, you've mentioned here, you can find it at, at triplanier.com, T-R-I-P-P-L-A-N-I-E-R.com. Um, but yeah, just go and enjoy the podcast. And, um, they're, they're, they changed, they've been changing people's lives for years and, and just dive in there and they're free. You don't have to do anything. Just go listen.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And if there is anybody listening who, who does want to take a step forward with coaching, um, how can they get in touch with you or where can they learn more information on that?
1: Uh, you can learn more information at triplanier.com, dot com. I work with individuals all around the world, uh, and then I also uh, put together a few groups. Um, there's just such a power of having a band of pirates that uh, go out and kick some ass and, and do really fun stuff together. And uh, I think I probably have the most fun doing that, working with the groups.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, like I said earlier, I will have links to your podcast, your... Uh, your website, the ebook, all that stuff in the show notes. And um, with that trip, thank you so much for being my guest today. I, I really appreciate you and um, just coming here, sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience. Um, there was a lot of amazing, amazing insight in our conversation. So thank you so much, Trip.
1: And thank you, Matthew. You did. A, I just appreciate your your genuine curiosity. There's a lot of people that are playing this podcast game that just want to have like, how many guests can I have because they're looking at numbers and it's uh, it's rare to find people that are just truly, genuinely curious and care as much as you do. So keep it up.
0: Wow. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Thank you. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep. We are one of the esteemed shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is... All you need to do is visit firesidenetwork.com and under Shows, select Having It All. From there, you can access all the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests, and more. Second, I am very excited to announce that my brand new website is live. Visit matthewbivens.com and you can learn more about me, get plugged into an accountability group, and pick up some free content like the Abundance Benchmark. I am all about helping you not only identify what your ideal life looks like, but also helping you on your journey towards it. I want you to experience more abundance and love in your life. So again, you can find out more information about all of that great stuff at MatthewBivens.com. Thank you once more for listening to the show. And here is to you having it all.